Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional grade industrial supplies. Count on real time product availability and fast delivery. Call clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're for the ones who specialize in saving the day and for the ones who've mastered the art of keeping business moving. We offer industrial grade supplies for every industry with same day pickup and next day delivery on most orders all backed by real people ready to help. So you can get the right answers and products right when you need them. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Looking for a fun way to win 25 times your money this football and basketball season? Test your skills on Prize Picks, the most exciting way to play daily fantasy sports. Just select two or more players, pick more or less on their projection for a wide variety of stats, and place your entry. It's as easy as that. If you have the skills, you can turn $10 into $250 with just a few taps. Easy gameplay, quick withdrawals, and injury insurance on your picks are what make Prize Picks the number one daily fantasy sports app. Ready to test your skills? Join the Prize Picks community of more than 7 million players who have already signed up. Right now, Prize Picks will match your first deposit up to $100. Just visit prizepicks.com/play100 and use code play100. That's code play100 at prizepicks.com/play100 for a first deposit match up to $100. Prize Picks, daily fantasy sports made easy. It is SNY.TV's The Juice on the Cuse podcast, covering Syracuse basketball, lacrosse, and football. Today on The Juice on the Cuse podcast on SNY.TV, we're talking about a big loss for Syracuse basketball and a recent winning streak for the lacrosse team. I'm Wes Chang, and I'll be joined later by Brad Bierman, and our guest today is Syracuse.com's Chris Carlson. Chris, thank you so much for coming back on the program. Yeah, anytime, Wes. Happy to do it. And Chris, we'll get you started on this one. Five-star forward and the number overall recruit in the 2018 class, Darius Baisley, announcing that he will not attend Syracuse and head straight to the G League earlier in the week. Did anyone in Syracuse see this coming? Yeah, um, you know, nobody from the Syracuse end, certainly. Um, you know, you, you could tell just by kind of their social media stuff. Uh, they were tweeting out that Darius Baisley was going to be in the McDonald's All-American game. I, I think one of the top stories on the basketball portion of their website is still a Darius Baisley story. Um, Alan Griffin, who, who kind of developed the uh, the relationship with him um, when he was the assistant coach at Dayton, you know, he, he got a phone call early in the day that, or not even early in the day, uh, shortly before the decision kind of went public. Um, so, so this was something that kind of completely blindsided pretty much everyone in basketball, including the Syracuse coaching staff. Chris, do you see this as a trend of high school kids foregoing their college years and heading straight for the G League? You know, everybody I talked to about it, and Jim Beheim has said it, um, I talked to Jay Billis and Paul B. McCarty of ESPN. Granted, they're kind of in the college basketball industry. Um, but I also talked to, to an agent um, and somebody who kind of works in the NBA. And none of them kind of understood it. And, and all of them think that this is a more difficult road for a kid to take. Uh, 
Um, so given that kind of all these people from all different spectrums think it's an outlier, um, you know, I, I think it's going to be a rarity. Um, you know, you've had guys do it before, right? You've had Brandon Jennings um, went overseas. Terrence Ferguson went overseas. Um, and, and none of those guys started kind of a trend where all of the best players in this country went overseas. Um, the one thing I think that, that maybe it brings up the possibility of, and, and people aren't really talking about this, is if Darius Baisley kind of blossoms into the next NBA superstar, you will see people try to emulate how he got there. That's just kind of how sports work, right? Steph Curry blows up, and now everybody's doing their warm, doing the Steph Curry warm-up. Um, so I don't think you can discount the possibility, but I think until Darius Baisley shows that it works and at a truly elite level, uh, I don't think you're going to see a lot of guys doing it. Chris, let's actually talk about who's on the Syracuse basketball roster at the moment, and I'll start with Tyus Battle. Is he staying or is he leaving? You know, his dad and him have have kept things pretty close to the vest personally. Um, you know, Jim Beheim said earlier this year on a, on a radio show that, that he thinks that Tyus is going to test the NBA waters um, and then make a decision from there. I, I think it's, you know, I think that's almost guaranteed that Tyus will at least declare for the NBA draft and go through the combine and, and hear from NBA scouts. Um, what we don't know is, is kind of what he's going to need to hear to jump. Is it a first-round pick promise? Is it just kind of guaranteed money in years, which kind of is something that still happens early in the second round? Um, so, you know, I don't think we have any idea what he will decide. I do think we know that he will probably go through the process. Chris, let's talk about O'Shea Brissett for a moment. Do you think he's staying? Yeah, I do. Um, you know, with, with kind of a caveat that I, I think O'Shea is the better NBA prospect. Um, a lot of people I talk to think he's the NBA pros- better NBA prospect long-term. So if that's the case, uh, intuitively, why, why wouldn't he look at it, you know, and why wouldn't NBA people feel the same way? Um, so, so that's the only thing that kind of keeps me from saying that, that yeah, he'll be, he'll be back. It's kind of, Man, if I like him as an NBA prospect, he's got to be thinking about it. Um, but but after after kind of the last game in the NCAA tournament, he sounded like a guy who, who really hadn't thought about it at all and, and hadn't thought about the process. And a lot of times I think it takes guys – guys have to be thinking about it, thinking about taking the next step in their life before they're ready to make it. Um, and I don't think you see a lot of guys who are thinking about college – and then in a couple of weeks, all of a sudden, just decide they're ready for the NBA. I think it's kind of a mindset. Um, you know, and again, that's why I think Tyus Battle's the much more likely candidate than O'Shea Brissett, because Tyus Battle has been kind of thinking about the NBA for a year, where it doesn't seem like O'Shea Brissett has. Chris, Syracuse is still adding three players to next year's team. Jalen Carey, Bayheim's son, and Elijah Hughes. Do you see next year's team as having a better win-loss record, at least in the regular season? I think so. You know, uh, and I don't know if it'll be them as much as it'll be. I, I mean, I think Maris Olajai is going to be really good next year because you kind of saw him getting there at the end of this year. Um, you're going to have a healthy Barama Sidibe in the middle. And, and at the beginning of the year, he actually looked like the better center um, granted against kind of lower level competition, but, but he looked better than Pascal Truffaut. So, so I think you are going to see those guys kind of improve. 
And then Elijah Hughes has gotten rave reviews from the players during practices. Um, you know, Jim Beheim said last summer that, that he's actually going to be the one of the best recruits in this class, um, which tells you, you know, they feel pretty good about him coming in and playing big minutes right away. And then Jalen Carey, you're not quite sure what you're going to get. You know, we've seen guys that are in, rated around the same place um, who are ready to play, and we've seen guys that aren't necessarily ready to play. Uh, but he does give them kind of uh, some backcourt talent that, that should at least be able to score, uh, I would think, or, or make plays at the college level. Um, you know, whether he's able to play defense, whether he's able to make decisions, uh, you know, and how much he'll be able to play, I don't think we know that. But he won't look out of place athletically on the court, that's for sure. So there, there's a little bit more depth, and I think the team will be better next year than it, than it was this year. Chris, thank you so much for coming back on the program. Again, Chris Carlson from Syracuse.com. Great job as always. Enjoy the offseason. We'll speak with you soon. Yeah, sounds good, Wes. Always a pleasure to talk to Chris Carlson. And I'm now joined over the phone by the Juice Online Editor-in-Chief and my very good friend, Brad Bierman. Brad, how are you today? I'm doing well, Wes. Just waiting for more spring-like weather here in the Northeast. Ooh, too cold. <laughs> <laughs> Looking forward to seeing the sun again. And Brad, Syracuse lacrosse with an 11-4 win over Hobart on Tuesday night at the Carrier Dome. They've won three in a row, and they're atop the ACC standings. What are you seeing from this team right now? Well, like you said, the team is starting to hit its stride. This was a very young team. 17 freshmen or redshirt freshmen on the roster when the season began. They went up against the nation's top team, Albany, early in the year and predictably you know, lost a blowout game. Uh, Johns Hopkins was a very tough loss because Hopkins played very well. Syracuse was a little bit down on that. The loss at Rutgers, 14-10, to 10, was a problem in the second half where the offense couldn't keep in sync with defense that was keeping the team in there. But you can see that these young players have started to gel. The playing of a, of a very tough schedule with seven top 20 teams is really paying its dividends for John Desco and his staff. And the depth that this team has, especially at midfield, Wes, is really showing that as to be a strength now uh, heading into the, uh, the, the schedule as it winds down with the final five games. So I think if you would talk to the coaching staff, they would say everything's pretty much on target, even with three defeats. And, of course, always great when you beat upstate rival Hobart and now uh, almost a week off before they play Cornell again next Tuesday. Brad, the defense has really stepped up recently, allowing just 10 goals in two games. The man-down defense holding Hobart and Notre Dame to incredible 0 for 11. What's been the biggest difference in the defense lately? Well, it starts in the goal. And Don Madonna right now would be the MVP for the team for this season, no doubt, the reigning ACC and National Player of the Week. He's just been spectacular. In front of him in in that close defense, Brett Kennedy, another one of those young players, has just been great, along with Nick Mellon stepping back in after his uh, injury, uh, missing the season with an injury last year, and then Tyson Bomberry. And then to your point on the, the defense, when they're down a man, it's been the, the long stick midfielders have been really spectacular. And the midfield unit as a whole has been just also, also awesome, uh, playing as many as 15 players at MIDI either, Short, short stick or long stick, Wes. And I was trying to go back in some of the rosters in the last 10, 15 years, and John Desco's been there 20. I don't really remember a Syracuse lacrosse team pouring so many guys out onto the field in the course of a game to keep fresh legs out there and really keeping the uh, opposition guessing as to what kind of formations they're going to play 
especially on defense. And whether it's zone or man-to-man, they have been spectacular. And, again, we're talking about opponents where seven are in the top 20. So, you know, with just three losses at this point, you really got to say great defense. And then on the offensive end, they, they seem to be able to win in contrasting fashions. So 15 goals against Duke, double figures against Notre Dame, and then against Hobart Tuesday night. So it's really been a great balance. And, again, they're really hitting, hitting their stride now. Brad, let's look forward to the rest of the season now. Five games left starting next week at Cornell. Are there any games on the schedule that can trip Syracuse up? The aforementioned game at Cornell next Tuesday night is going to be tough. Uh, Cornell is ranked in the top 20, always gives Syracuse a battle, especially at Chokoff Field in Ithaca. And other than the ACC tournament, that's the final true road game of the season for the team. So from a schedule standpoint, that's great. That's followed by uh, North Carolina in the Dome, the final ACC game. And Carolina's just about right there in the basement right now of the ACC standings, uh, winless along with Virginia. They've had a very tough year uh, in the ACC. Then Navy back on the schedule this year after a long absence, and it's going to be a tough game even though it's in the Dome, but Syracuse you know, should be favored to win that. And then at the uh, ACC tournament being played at Virginia this year, uh, likely figuring Syracuse to play either the host school Virginia or right with a quick rematch against North Carolina in that first game, and SU beat Virginia down there by a goal earlier in the season, and then winding up with the upstate rival game against Colgate in the Dome. So I think Colgate fits perfectly just before the NCAA tournament. Uh, Moving into the top eight of the media poll this week, Syracuse would be in line to host the first-round NCAA game. And as we always know, that's that Sunday at 7.30, Mother's Day each May after commencement ceremonies in the Dome. And then in the NCAA tournament, it could be on Hofstra at Long Island or back at Navy. And of course, eyeing that trip to Foxborough, SU hasn't played for the title since 2013. They last won the title in Foxborough in 0809, so certainly good memories about that venue. And uh, I think that Syracuse, again, hitting its stride, the schedule really lines up perfectly to give them a lot of momentum heading into the NCAA. Brad, we are right at the end of our show. Your closing thoughts. Switching to basketball, Wes, I have a sneaky feeling we're going to see another player added to the roster before the end of the summer. I mean, last year we had uh, the surprise with Merrick from Slovakia joining the team, and I really think with the recent loss of uh, the, the top recruit that you're going to see Jim Beheim and staff bring somebody else on board. I'm really eager to see who that roster addition is going to be for 2018-19. Brad, my closing thoughts are on Syracuse backup quarterback Rex Culpepper, who earlier in the year announced he has cancer, and in an interview with reporters said he's about two months away from finishing chemotherapy treatment. I just wish Rex the best of luck, and that Orange Nation is behind him 100%. That's it for us for Brad Bierman. This is Wes Chang reminding you that I went to a clothing store, and the lady asked me what size I was. I said, actual, I'm not to scale. You've been listening to the Juice on the Cues podcast on SNY.TV, and we'll see you next time. This has been the Juice on the Cues podcast, part of the SNY.TV audio network. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.